prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. Hi, I'm Zev. Uh, they, them pronouns. I'll be playing Gage LeFay, uh, he, him pronouns. And uh, he will be becoming the hero Pendragon, which is uh, the Scion playbook. So we got another one of those. Yay. Yay. Super exciting. I love that playbook. Thanks for joining us. Super, super excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about Gage. So uh, Gage is your quintessential 2009 emo dreamboat. He's uh, 6'1 one and 130 pounds. So really lanky and stretched out. Uh, his hair is dyed black in that traditional hair swoop fashion. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Normally wear things like band tees, ripped skinny jeans, combat boots, fingerless gloves, all in different uh, variations of black. Of course. Uh, but he does uh, color his uh, outfits a bit with a dark purple flannel hoodie. So... Awesome. At least that gives a little pop in there. Yeah, a little variety there. That's nice. He looks quite a bit different, though, when he becomes Pendragon, because it's not a simple costume change. He physically transforms, and he goes from uh, a twig to, uh, I guess, a tree. <laughs> a trunk. He gets swole. Like, he, gets, he gets jacked. He's still the same height, but uh, he'll become much more muscular. His uh, hair transforms into the most well-kept pompadour there is. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Shines brilliantly like the justice of the perfectly domed uh, hair. Um, <laughs> his... Uh, but he has a silver bodysuit that's more like, like the traditional kind of padding suit that a hero mm-hmm. would have with a white colored blue trim tabard and boots and a sword emblem right at the uh, center of his tabard. And then for a mask, uh, it's a bit odd as it almost resembles a knight's helm, but it's still in that upper half mask fashion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A half helmet, but like the front half of the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Cool. And so the Scion playbook, you are the offspring of a supervillain. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your uh, your parents? Yeah. So uh, avid readers uh, might recognize the uh, similarities of a G first name with a uh, LeFay last name, uh, given that Geralt LeFay, a.k.a. Uh, Sir Sinister, uh, is his uh, dad. His mom, Bessie Cohen, is very um, normal uh, in every aspect. Middle class, lives in an apartment in the Burbs, uh, raised Gage, and really her life is very outside of the heroing world, and that's kind of uh, part of the tension in the family. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um So how did Gage first discover uh, his abilities? So one of Gage's abilities is a mastery of a single skill set, and that is hacking. That's his own prowess, uh, something that he developed on his own and really came to fruition uh, when he got into high school, when he developed a spyware 
called X Kid underscore Sinister X. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this virus would manifest as a uh, chibi version of his father and would run in and steal data from usually teachers so he could get uh, all the answers on tests. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. So you grew up with your mom, correct? Mm-hmm. How did you first find out about your, or discover that you were related to the great Sir Sinister? Well, yeah, Nazis Gage was a very accomplished hacker, and his mom had always kind of skirted around stories of his father. So one day, Gage did a little bit of hacking, got into a few court records, and found the uh, the records of uh, his parents' divorce, with it being uh, of the discovery that his mom realized that her now ex-husband was Sir Sinister. Awesome. So he had no idea that his dad was a supervillain until quite recently then. It was a few years ago. Okay, okay, uh, a few years. Awesome. Awesome. And um, does does Gage have any of his uh, father's powers or abilities? So but, uh, so he's currently 16. Of a year prior, his father finally uh, made an appearance uh, to recruit him, in a sense, for his uh, abilities. And with being his tech guy... Sir Sinister also attempted to teach him the family skill of drawing from the Blade Force. And to his father's chagrin, he was not able to draw anything that his father tried to uh, get him to. Hmm. But eventually, he was able to acquire his other uh, power, which is uh, the legendary weapon Excalibur. Awesome. Sweet. And so, uh, and so drawing Excalibur from the Blade Forces, that is, that's what triggers his physical transformation into Swole Pendragon? Yes. Awesome. What does that look like on the page? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> so, it's a little akin to He-Man. Uh, as he must utter the words, by the power of Camelot, I summon thee, and a portal will appear as his hand reaches out and draws Excalibur. Yes. Oh, that is so cool. And so why did you turn away from your father then and decide to start becoming a, a hero? Well, it was directly tied to Excalibur because uh, a little-known group that readers might be familiar with called the Midnighters were uh, a key component to his father being arrested in space prison. Ah, yes. So while the Midnighters were up to their usual shenanigans, he had attempted to break his father out but had no way of getting to a Farsec space station. So in a moment of desperation, he called upon the Blade Force. And instead of whatever he was looking for, the Blade Excalibur came to him and the awakening cleared his conscious, realizing that the work that he was doing for his father wasn't something that he wanted to do. It was more a way to try to impress his father, but... Mm -hmm. 
you know, he never really showed the love back and was, was it worth aiding in these crimes? So when Excalibur almost showed his pure heart and he met a uh, very important guide figure, the legendary wizard Merlin, to uh, teach him of his lineage knew that uh, of the Lafay line, uh, only every few generations, uh, Lafay of pure heart is able to wield Excalibur. And given that it shows him and not his father, made him realize that his father was never going to change. So cool. I'm so excited. Um, cool. Let's talk a little bit about your relationships. Have you filled in any of those blanks or? Yes. Excellent. So, so um, Sir Sinister uh, fought once and thrashed uh, Ryan, uh, aka the Mighty Briar. And uh, while Ryan will never admit it, this was uh, the fight that led him to choose the name Mighty Briar after a few uh, candid insults from uh, his father. <laughs> but. While Gage may have had surveillance on that fight, you know how it goes down, he'll be a good sport and not rub it in unless uh, he needs the ammo. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Otherwise, uh, from a different, actually from the same team, uh, Lilith is the only one who uh, understands what he's going through uh, because in that uh, villain con up in the north, Mm-hmm. Uh, they had uh, met as a uh, Gage and Lilith, not a uh, Shadow or Pendragon at that point, and uh, kind of bonded over um, controlling father figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she learned that one thing that he did wish uh, was more like his father was having a stable control over the Blade Force. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's so cool. And then let's talk about influence. Yes. So, as uh, the Scion, I give influence to two people. Excellent. And so the team may be key to proving you're different from your parent, but you don't want to be defined by your peers either. Give Give influence to two teammates, and I would say he would give one to Shatter, and one to Vice, given that him and Vice are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably met at some work functions that their parents were at or something <laughs> when they were little. <laughs> uh, awesome. And then as the Scion, you are determined to prove yourself to a couple different people and earn their respect. Do you want to tell us about uh, a little bit about the people you've chosen for? Uh... Yeah. So the first would have been uh, Gage's personal idol, and uh, that would be Arrow Ace, uh, because as a kid of the Burbs, uh, Arrow Ace is this young, prominent hero of the Burbs who's kind of this selfless figure. Mm-hmm. And while he it's less of that he thinks that she would judge him and more that he judges himself. So he becomes a bit less, uh, a bit less uh, internalized and more uh, 
almost sidekicky around Arrow Ace, but doesn't like to uh, show that side when uh, other people are around. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. The other would be uh, his father's greatest enemy, Neptune. And you might be thinking, well, Neptune's one of the um, one of the big shots. Uh, a bunch of kids beat uh, Sir Sinister, and I'd like to imagine him to be one of those villains that, uh, depending on what writer is writing him, will depend on his power level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so sometimes, sure, a, a new upstart group of kids could beat him. And other times, he's going toe-to-toe like a war god against uh, the Lady of the Sea. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, powerful magical weapons and artifacts that Sir Sinister has at his disposal. So uh, power level has been known to vary from time to time. Awesome. That'll be super cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, any other cool moves you want to you want to share with the team? Uh, yeah. So. He has two moves from the Scion and one from the Legacy currently. Cool. And uh, the two from Scion is uh, one change sides. When you mislead or trick an enemy by pretending to be on their side, roll and potentially choose uh, an option to avoid having to provide concrete evidence to create an opportunity or expose weakness or flaw. Essentially, uh, he can pretend to be... uh, a villain and still and convince them, hey, wait, no, 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 I'm a triple agent. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Uh, The other is uh, you don't deserve forgiveness. And this one would be only while he is as Pendragon, because when he becomes the indomitable spirit of righteousness, uh, he can accuse an enemy of being irredeemable. And by marking two conditions, uh, he's able to take influence away and uh, then can always choose uh, an additional option when directly engaging a threat from uh, someone who does not have influence on him. Whoa, that is so cool. (laughs) And then uh, finally, his move from the legacy is words of the past. When uh, he seeks guidance from uh, an elder legacy member, in this case, Merlin, uh, and tell them a problem that he faces, he can ask them a question. And depending on the role, he can uh, get an answer, uh, either direct or less helpful, but ongoing, uh, he takes a plus one if he listens to Merlin. I'm so excited. So many opportunities for shenanigans there. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yes. <laughs> um, anything else you think people need to know about Gage LeFay? Yeah, so he keeps Merlin in a little crystal pendant. And given that Merlin has overseen uh, all the previous pen dragons, He's kind of uh, a bit lax and tired of his work, so he'll be sporting an iconic bathrobe and wizard's hat. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, amazing. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Steph. We're super excited to have you here. Thank you. Today's episode features Pendragon, who's played by special guest Zev Shames, who can be found on Twitter at ZevNation. Zev is the author of Warcraft Wanderers, the incredible space western powered by the apocalypse RPG, now available on Kickstarter. Uh, I got to play in the closed beta. It is so much fun. You and the players are all crewmates on your own ship, wandering the galaxy, getting into trouble. If you like shows like Firefly or have ever dreamed about crewing your own Millennium Falcon, check it out. It is so much fun. 
Underworld Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brennan Conway. Wonderworld Comics is produced by Michael Dunham, and it is edited by Michael Dunham and Kaylee Newberry. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at www.comicspodcast, or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.